this is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to like city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to uh, to point that finger at you. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to vote. And welcome to another episode of the Municipals. I'm Matthew. And I'm Philip. And I've got to say something about uh, Matthew. Um, I'm a little bit curious. We're recording here. It's Sunday. It's on the seventh day. The Lord said, let there be rest. And instead, Matthew said, no, we are going to work harder than we've ever worked in our entire lives. We're coming live. It's not live. I know the episode comes out later in the week on Sunday. I refuse to go weak because God says to take a rest. Take that, God. I defy you. Well, the real story, (laughs) (laughs) the real story is that we have some scheduling conflicts coming up. And Philip was nice enough to say, yeah, yeah, we could do Sunday. Sure. That that sounds like uh, a mischaracterization of... uh, of how hard it was to get me on board. <laughs> Plus, Phil, everyone knows church is Sunday morning. Yeah, but then you rest. <laughs> That's true. Yes. I'm f- I'm familiar with part of the orthodoxy. You know, we were just talking uh, uh, before we started recording about uh, I, I just I just told Philip I read uh, in the paper or it was on my phone. I can't remember. The guy who won the Powerball in the United States in February, uh, the two billion, might I add, the two billion uh, uh, dollar Powerball, he just bought three mansions for seventy six million in California. You know what? I'll I'll tell you. Um, I think for some reason, as as we had that conversation, and I told you again, uh, my stance was pretty firmly on. You know, you win a a good Powerball jackpot or whatever. Uh, you buy a modest house and then you live off that cash. I don't understand that. Now I will. I will say I'll change my perspective for a moment because for some reason I missed the context of that being two billion dollars. And other than the fact that that's so much money, you could do some fundamental, like life changing good for so many people. Well, I mean, All it was this- it was probably when taxes are because t- in the U.S. you have to pay taxes. Oh well, yeah. So still, so you probably get about one point two billion. But still, that's I mean, a lot of money. That's still an insane amount of money. Um, so all of a sudden, that seventy-six million for those three mansions uh, doesn't doesn't seem all that. But again, then you have to pay the upkeep. You have to like, uh, I don't know. It just <laughs> just get a modest house, and then buy a no. I was about to encourage landlordship, but uh, no, I'm not crazy about that. Don't buy any extra properties. Buy one for you to live in. So and then go fuck yourself. <laughs> I want to talk about Scarborough Southwest, but before we do, you just mentioned it, so I, I got to mention it here. I read it was on Twitter. Uh, there's going to be a a, uh, a rent strike happening somewhere in Ontario. I can't remember to be honest with you. I, I don't know that it's in Toronto, so that's interesting that rent strikes are still happening. Um, and then. The other part I wanted to address, 
I saw this. I, I thought it was funny. Um, maybe you might not think so, but let me uh, let me hit you with this. So there's a there's a a woman who rents an apartment. It's like a twelve plex or a six plex or something, and I, I guess she had requested stuff. You know, she'd either file complaints or, you know, work orders. And for whatever reason, wasn't getting anywhere. So she decided to run her water 24-7 since July of this year. Wow. So that's and in protest. Of, is that the, are those the dream properties? I, I, I don't think it's in Toronto, to be honest with you. I think it's, I think we're talking about London, Ontario or somewhere, somewhere around. I, I don't remember. I, I got a horrible memory for stuff like that. Anything somewhere not- where landlords decide they're allowed to be bastards, which uh, uh, I hate to tell you this, Matthew, that that seems like it could be uh, fucking anywhere in the in this country and uh, most countries where landlords exist. Next time I'll write it down. I mean, it, it seems like if it's not sports related, I can't really remember it. So but well, I, w- I did. I think I knew what you're talking about. The most recent one, which is um, it's a city news story. Titled Hundreds of Tenants at Two North York Buildings to Join Rent Strike. I'm sure that's uh, the one you're referring to. Probably, uh, yeah. And just quickly looking at it, um, City News, like, here's like a quick segment. City News detected sm- foul smells throughout several floors, which appeared to have not been properly cleaned, including garbage chutes that were overflowing. Uh, where's the property management company in this building? Uh, can, I, can I ask, are these... Um... These aren't uh, Toronto housing, are they? No. Oh. Um. The buildings at 1440 and 1442 Lawrence Avenue West are owned by Barney River Investments. These are just. This is just private real estate. This isn't. Uh, this isn't TCHC. This isn't co-op. This is just a shitty, a shitty landlord situation. Slumlord is what we call them. Hell yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Rent strikes. Go for it. Fucking go for it. That that's your position? <laughs> that's my that's my very strong position. There's okay. Um there's this one. I'm gonna see if I can quickly But here's the find here's it. here's the problem with the rent strike while you're while you're looking for that. In the end, they're still gonna have to pay the money. So if they're not putting the rent aside, and I assume there are some people that do put it aside, but there are also a group of people that don't put it aside. So when it finally goes to the landlord tenant board or there's some sort of settlement before it gets there, you still have to pay all that rent. What happens to the people who said, fuck it, we're not going to have to pay it thinking they won't have to pay it when they actually huh. do. I mean, I know, I know what happens to people who do that. Cause I, I know people who've done that. Uh, they get evicted. By the landlord tenant board. It's like I um I understand what you're saying in the case where it's like rent strikes are risky. I do think most people um who who do understand kind of how this should work are putting that rent money aside. Knowing that, you know, when when sort of a kind of a legal anything comes into place, either something that forces them to uh actually maintain these buildings you know and then the rents can resume again yeah then you just pay that collected rent that you've put aside and i mean it's it's not always easy because anytime you have that money kind of floating around 
Um, I know this as a, you know, when you're lowering comparison, there's always something that comes up that's like, God, that money would really help for, for that. But man, rents are hard, man. <laughs> can I ask you, can I ask you something? Obviously you can't in your current uh, uh, predicament because you, you're, you're not, you're not in a building. Is, is that, is that fair to say? But if you were in a building and the situation happened, would you choose to part? I guess this is a hypothetical. I apologize. Would you choose to participate in the rent strike or would you say, no, 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 no I'm not going to fuck with that? I, you know, I think that's a, it's a good question um, because ultimately what makes rent strikes and strikes in general, strike actions, work or fail is is the collective action. You know, so it's it's kind of you have to get as many people on board as you possibly can, because the alternative, as as you're rightfully pointing out, you know, failure is kind of is dangerous for a lot of people. It, you know, it gets people kicked out of their homes. Um, people lose their jobs. You know, uh, there are consequences to strikes. Absolutely. Um, but I, I do feel as if. If can I mean, God, I I don't want to get into details about my own situation, but it's like I I feel like if situations are as hopelessly bad as they are, as it sounds like, as I've seen in that article, I feel like knowing that there was other people also part. That's that's the thing, right? It's it goes both ways. It's it fails you know, if there aren't enough people participating, but also the more people participating, the easier it is to get more people to uh, convince to join because you've got the backing of so many other people. That's correct. But it all comes down to being able to trust and, and preventing the landlord from playing you guys against each other. It's a balance for sure. So going back to the uh the water thing for a minute so i don't know if this is a collective bill since july because I, I i have no idea how water bills worked i've never paid a water bill in my life everywhere i've ever lived water's been included all inclusive yeah so the the number that i heard is twenty nine hundred dollars i don't know if that's a monthly bill or that's since july since she started this 24 7 running the water apparently the pipes in that particular building are old so the tenants can hear the water running oh my god 24 7 that sounds that sounds accurate actually what a way to rebel i uh i i don't know i don't know what to think about it <laughs> um anyway before we we get on to scarborough southwest because this is related I pulled an article actually from today from the star Ooh. from the star. Our uh, friends at the star. I have not crossed over. I'm still a supporter of the sun. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, there's a, a an article by a guy named Thorbin Weeditz. Um, and the heading and the headline reads Ford should protect Ontario's housing stock from short term rentals. Rather than opening up the greenbelt, the province should consider Ontario-wide rules to protect housing stock uh, from conversion to Airbnb-type tourist rentals. Um, and then, 
it, it just goes on saying it has been infuriating to follow uh Premier Doug Ford's attempt to open the Greenbelt to development under the pretext of Ontario's housing supply shortage when there are less environmentally damaging and politically implosive uh, uh, policy options. Uh, building on development-ready parcels outside the Greenbelt would make sense, of course, but using existing housing stock as housing supply and not as ghost hotel inventory even more so having a provincial government in disarray following massive public outcry internal scandals resignations cabinet shuffles and apologies may signal the beginning of the end of the conservative government in this province it comes at a time when ontario needs good governance and effect an effective public policy to address our housing crisis more than ever um, and then it goes on to say, if housing supply and development expediency matter as much as Ontario's former housing minister used to claim, there are things this government can do to stop its current freefall. Few Ontario municipalities have rules that protect housing from being converted into full-time Airbnb use. Even fewer municipalities have proper enforcement mechanisms that ensure that short-term rental rules are effective. In other words... That second part, just uh, by experience, is absolutely true. Absolutely. In other words, it says here, if this government cares so much about housing supply, why not follow the province of Quebec? I think that... <laughs> uh, which which just... Passed, <laughs> which Sorry, just, I don't know what I'm doing. Being a dick for no reason. It's okay. You You like your... What's your boy's name there? Uh, uh Blanchet? Yeah. No, no, but <laughs> he's not absolutely the... not how you pronounce it. Who's the who's the premier? Blanchet. Oh, oh no, you're right. Oh he's the um, federal Legault. leader. Legault. Okay, there you go. Okay. Uh, which just <laughs> which just passed a provincial regulatory framework or British Columbia, which will follow suit in October in its attempts to help municipalities protect its housing stock. The idea is simple. Not many municipalities have the resources of cities like Toronto or Ottawa to establish short-term rental registries to deal with uh, and to deal with enforcement effectively. The province could help all of Ontario's municipalities by setting up a mandatory province-wide registry to register hosts' properties and to limit such registrations to their principal residences. Um, the province could force Airbnb and other platforms to only list properties registered with the province and to display the province's valid registration number prominently online. Following the polluters pay principle, enforcement should be paid for by the companies, not the public. That would ensure that residential housing stock planned, approved, and built as residential will be used as such and not converted into tourist accommodations and party houses. Your thoughts? There's more, but I, I'm going to okay. stop there. Listen, um, this is one of those things where I I feel like it's it's adequate for me to be against Airbnb on like you know, a bit of anti-capitalism grounds, uh, a bit of on, you know, getting people housed grounds. Although a point that you've brought up before, anytime we've talked about 
housing. Uh, and specifically, will be like builds, and it's like you know getting things built. And you'll very smartly remind me that condos are not affordable housing. I, I feel like it sounds like it's not related, but it's like a lot of Airbnbs are just operating through condos. It's like my thought is, you know, a unit that is being used as an Airbnb, it's essentially it's someone who's rich enough to be able to afford more than one property. And, you know, that's the case because they're living someone somewhere else while they're Airbnb their their property. And it's just um, for me, it just it's a money generator for those who already have wealth. You know what I mean? It, it's. But it, I don't know necessarily how much that'll actually help in terms of affordable housing, because, again, these people, if they're multiple unit uh, owners, chances are it's like condos and those aren't renting for, you know, eleven hundred for a reasonable amount of space. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not happening with condos. But. In my experience, um, enforcement, even in Toronto, the biggest city in the country, uh, you know, with the biggest, you think, ability to be able to enforce this, uh, enforcement doesn't happen very much in the city, you know, with um, these supposed rules where it's like you're supposed to live in in the unit that you're using for at least half the year. Doesn't happen. That shit just doesn't happen. Uh, it has to be a minimum certain amount of days. Doesn't That doesn't happen. You know, and this is, and I, I'm saying this from the position of someone who I work as a concierge. So I'm checking these people in and out of these units daily. So I know they're not hitting any of these minimums that they need to be doing. So I actually, I think this is, I don't know how much of it will solve ho- housing people. Because again, I don't think these are affordable units in the first place. Well, I mean, but uh, can, can, can I just stop you for a second? We, we, let's go back to the to the mayoral by-election and my boy Rob Davis hit part of his platform was to outlaw Airbnb and I 100% agreed with him oh I I, I guess I forgot that because I didn't I, we I had him on the show no no you did but I don't know if you agreed specifically with that singular uh policy. I feel like that's that's the one main thing I agreed with Rob Davis about. <laughs> yes, because you you disagreed about the bike lanes. Yes, yeah, yeah. Diatribe, you know, very much opposed there. But yeah, the Airbnb ban. I am. I feel like the only argument in favor of it is is just sort of a a libertarian mindset of you know, we're making money and you should allow us to make money regardless of context. But drug dealers make money too, but that's illegal. <laughs> you, you got to talk about some libertarianism here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I know that if it is outlawed and those units go back on the market, it'll drive the rental price, the rental price down and and that's exactly what what we need as a as a prov- as a as a province um i don't know it's it's just by the way i'm, I'm also... so i'm sorry if i'm messing with my eye you wouldn't believe the luck i've had this weekend so just <laughs> let's sidebar for a quick sec i, I want to tell you what happened 
So I, I can't remember how it happened, but I had a two liter bottle. I was sitting at a table and two liter bottle with the cap on was on the table. And I think I, I got up to do something or move. Something was falling, I think. And I got up to catch it. And when I came down, I slammed my right eye into my pop bottle, the top. And then about a half an hour before we started recording today, a fly flew into my eye. Jesus Christ, Matthew. Same eye. Get an eye patch. Right? I, I might have to. <laughs> it's got to uh, recover somehow. Sorry, going back to the to the Airbnb thing, like, do you think that... So, Ro- what Rob Davis wanted to do was on a municipal level. But if, but if Doug Ford does it on a provincial level, do you think then that maybe the other premiers will follow suit? Or, like... Because I, I see this, like, we arrived, okay, I'll speak for myself. I, like Rob Davis, arrived at that conclusion when he said it. Like, when he said it, I agree. I'm like, wow, that makes sense. Let's do that. Not even think about it. Let's do it. Um, and now it seems like here we are, what is it, four, five months later? And now this article is suggesting it. So they've arrived at that. So... I'm just wondering, what do you think the chances are that this is put into action, I guess, is what I'm saying. Here's here's my fundamental. I'm going to say my my issue with this question is I'm going to answer it the way I, I answer every other question on this podcast. And they love to hear uh, what you have to say. It's in. Listen, it's entirely it's entirely partisan. Um, as you know, I I. I do have a very, you know, rigid ideology, I think. So in my mind, I feel as if this wouldn't go through because I feel like conservatives are kind of diametrically opposed to getting in the way of people making money. Like I, I say that, um, I say that, like in my mind, it's a bad thing. But when I phrase it like that, I'm sure a lot of people hear that and say, What's the problem with that? You know, where I think what I mean to say is that they're more okay with individuals using their properties in this way to make money than they are interested in protecting rental stock to make it more available. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I just have such a, a negative view of this government that I'm just going to look at it as it, the worst case scenario every time. So I, <laughs> Philip, you're not alone. I I know. I <laughs> I know. But it's like you feel like when you want to be kind of a commentator like this, you I feel like it's you don't want to necessarily just be so rigid, but at the same time. This government, man, <laughs> you know, like, fuck, you, you gotta, you know what you gotta do? You gotta watch uh breakfast television, maybe a couple times a week more That's than, with uh, Sid, Sid Sixero. He will, <laughs> he, he doesn't care if it's Trudeau or Doug Ford. He will rip them apart. If he thinks that that's necessary live on the air, <laughs> um, Sidestepping for a second again before we get because I want to spend a lot of time talking about Scarborough Southwest, but I want to get all our other shit in first. Um, I I I uh, I don't know if you heard this, but I, I again I read it. I think it was online. Uh, 
Justin Trudeau is going to use the online act or whatever it's called to start reg. I heard this term regulating podcasts. And I showed that to a friend of mine and they're like, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, he, he's going to basically make rules of what we can say and what we can't say. For example, you won't be able to say things like, uh, fuck you, Justin Trudeau or fuck you, liberal government or, Hey, you guys suck. When are you going to leave office? Fuck all you guys. And oh, by the way, did I mention fuck all you guys? You know, stuff like that, Philip. <laughs> are you going to follow that up with, with thoughts? I, <laughs> I already think it's a bad thing. And honestly, I know that I know that you don't like it. But I know that you have accepted that the next government will be a Pierre Polyev government. I, I think that's still the plan. Plan, Whether you like it or not, that's it's what it, we're going towards. And I think, I hope, one of the very first things he does is repeal this act because it's a complete, it's a blatant uh, uh, invasion of privacy. We should be able, and it's, and it's, it's, it's it goes against our charter rights of um, expressing ourselves, freedom of speech and expression. No, you're not supposed to like everything that everybody says. However, they have the right. I'm not slandering him. Well, I don't know. Fuck Justin Trudeau. I don't know if that counts as slander. I'm not saying, well, you know, like he did something he didn't do. We are talking about the same prime minister and if, if I'm wrong, please correct me on this next statement. The only prime minister to ever wear blackface. Uh, you know what? I, I guess that's that's fair. I don't think I can. <laughs> I am sure that's actually probably true. You know what? Actually, you know who I can uh, assume probably did as well. Uh, and what makes me laugh is that I, I should have. When we were talking about our list of prime ministers, okay? And I, sorry, one second. And I, and I went by my, my list of worst. I was, I was going by their looks because I thought it was funny. You know, uh, I thought that would be a funny thing to do, but there is a prime minister. I really should have talked about, you know, legitimately as one of the worst, which is uh, William Lyon Mackenzie King who legitimately liked uh, Adolf Hitler. Like, he was obsessed with the man. Oops, I think I put him on my list of <laughs> I didn't know, but to be fair, I didn't know that. No, it's like, it's so interesting. Um, it's, 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 he, I remember he visited Germany. Like, I believe it, obviously it would have been before the war, but, you know, while it was still Nazi Germany, and he... My understanding is that he like fucking loved that man. <laughs> um now as for uh, as for this thing about regulating podcasts, the first time I saw reference to this was uh Brian Lilly of the Toronto Sun saying that. And and he had a link to um some of the text of the act. To be perfectly honest, and I think I'm about to reveal myself to be 
a, a bit of a, a worldwide dumbass. And I'm okay to reveal that, you know, you're gonna, you're everyone gonna sh- can. You're going to show your whole ass, you mean. I'm ready to show my whole ass here. But I, I looked at, at some of the, the wording there, and I don't see anywhere where it says anything about individuals. I I see it as, you know, um, registering if you have, if you're a large enough streaming service, you know, the people who uh, host podcasts. And I, I don't even see anything that talks about restricting content. So I... I think this bill has probably been misrepresented. To be perfectly honest, you know, any any amount of, I want to say, uh, government registration, I understand people will be opposed to, um, regardless. And I'm and I'm not saying I'm crazy about government registration. I'm not saying that's it's necessarily it's something that has to happen. Uh, I just my understanding is that it has nothing to do with with. Uh, policing our speech if you know what i'm saying and in fact if if we want to talk about um (laughs) i i don't want to get too deeply into it but if we want to talk about the fact that you know for the last few years we've seen flags you know that i'll say fuck trudeau and i and i'm pretty sure not a single person has been arrested or charged for any of those, which is, of course, correct. That's correct. I'm not saying that that should happen. But I do know that while Stephen Harper was prime minister, that someone was charged for having fuck Harper written on the back of their car. Uh, The only answer that I have to that (laughs) is that I'm pretty sure it was probably a charge tacked on at the convoy in Ottawa. Um. You know, wouldn't wasn't the most serious charge. Obviously, they're doing all that kind of stuff. But um, it's interesting that we come here because this is one more thing I wanted to cover. We have about seven minutes left. Um, so I don't know if you are aware. I know that you know you, you work where you work, but um, I, as I said to you, and I've said to our listeners, I deliver all over. So I have deliveries um, around Queens Park. And so Monday and Tuesday, it was, you couldn't go get, go near um, uh, Queens Park. I don't know if you were aware of that. They had every street, every side street surrounding Queens Park um, blocked off by police cars. And I'm, I'm, I'm being told uh, I, by um because I went to make the turn, right? And then there was another truck in front of me, and he went to talk to the cops and he came back. I'm like, hey, what's going on? And he said they're worried about a convoy. Apparently, it, it had to do with um the indigenous and some sort of a mining issue. I'm just wondering if you were aware of it and if there's I have no fucking clue. So I was wondering if you could shed any light. Because I have no fucking clue. Well, I, I, so I'm not one of these. Uh, I think it would be fun to join one of these like hate researchers that really get deep into the weeds. They go on 4chan and like they see what what's happening on like the the gross parts of the internet. Um, I am not aware 
okay i'm i'm only aware i've heard of that there's been conversations and grumblings of a convoy uh i'm and i i know Actually, i've heard sorry it was on i apologize let me uh it was on cp24 the same day uh cuz we're we're sometimes when i make deliveries to certain places they have their TVs on and the guy was talking about I I heard him. He said indigenous, and he said mining. There's mining that they don't want done it, uh, within indigenous uh, territories within Ontario, and I guess that's what the main purpose of the convoy w- would be about. And it's it's to me, I I wish I I wish that I knew what the fuck he was talking about. And here's me showing my whole ass. I don't have any fucking clue. So I'm hoping, again, you could save me. <laughs> uh, listen, we all love a moment where we drop trow and uh, absolutely gape ourselves. God, That's that what this episode's going to be. It's going to be called showing our ass. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> I think that's absolutely fair. Um, it's like I keep seeing things that sound like they legitimize the idea that a convoy was going to happen and then i i see some i want to say uh some accounts on twitter that are basically going like oh they just heard squeaks of a convoy and they overreacted and freaked out but it makes me think okay if they heard squeaks of a convoy which turned out to actually be a convoy coming and they did nothing like they did in ottawa um, would we not be more pissed with the Toronto police if they failed to stop this from happening? Absolutely. But okay, so you're gonna. I have to show my whole ass again. I'm sorry. I I never understood what mining was. Are what are they looking for? They're looking for gold. That uh, makes I me think look. That make me sound really stupid. <laughs> but I, and I'm sorry, but I I want to know. Well, listen, I'm also I'm flying on the seat of my pants here. So it mostly be. uh, I don't necessarily know what they're mining for specifically, but I feel like they would be um, minerals specifically used for. I feel like they're for electric vehicles, Uh, maybe specifically like the batteries for electric vehicles. So I'm wondering if that's like zinc or aluminum. I have no fucking idea. And because it's on indigenous grounds that's that's where the issue is if it yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. so if it wasn't on indigenous grounds they wouldn't be they wouldn't be so upset right okay. well because then it wouldn't be indigenous uh sovereignty that they were getting trampled all over no but it's still part of ontario it's still it's like taking uh land out of the green belt it's still it, you're still pulverizing the province no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it's i guess it's I think this would require one of us to understand uh, like sovereign treaty lands. Cause I, I feel like they are somehow set either. They're like separate, but also involved with the country. I will, I will say that like, I, I know that mining is dangerous. It's fucking mining is more dangerous than jumping out of an airplane. A lot. Of, I hear a lot of people get trapped. There's a lot of because it's all underground. I do know that. I just didn't know the purpose of mining, but now I do. You're so smart. Thank you. <laughs> um, I didn't tell you anything. No, but oh, wait, I did. Yes, you I, did. I, I, you right, said this, zinc. This is, right. <laughs> you said zinc. You said so. 
that's good. No, <laughs> I I appreciate that because you know you always. I heard a great guy, and yes, he's from the sports world, from wrestling. He his advice to everyone is is simply this: know what you don't know. And that that's uh, so I, I try to live by that. I try to, but I can't always. He's saying to he's telling me to speak with more confidence, even if <laughs> I'm sure I'm dropping trow and uh, spreading cheeks. Anyways, <laughs> oh my god, Philip. That's it awesome. just gets it just gets increasingly more graphic as every time I mention it comes up. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna be back. Uh, we're gonna take a break, and we'll be back. And when we do that, we are gonna have an in-depth discussion on Scarborough Southwest Ward Twenty. See you uh, on the other side. Yeah. And we're back, and uh, now we can move on, and we can talk about. Uh, the the by election happening in Toronto for Ward Twenty Scarborough Southwest. Um, I would like. I, I know you have a lot of thoughts, and we're going to hear them all. But I would like to actually go through the the candidates, and if you have anything, if you know anything or have anything you want to say about them, uh, let me know. I don't know most of these people, so you have first was... knowledge. I was, listen, I was going to speak very specifically about three of them, and then I got to a fourth one, and then just a, a straight thought about a, a fifth one. There are 14 candidates. I do not know most of these people. Okay, so with that being said, we'll start at the top. Malik Ahmad uh, registered the, the day after registration opened on uh, well, registration opened on September 7th. They registered on the 8th. They do have an email address and a Twitter account attached. Um, any Anything about this person? So um, he ran last year. Now, I didn't I didn't meet him at all. I didn't run into him at the um, the one debate we had. I, I didn't meet him at any of the events, the cycling events or the uh, bridge event that I went to. Um, I follow him on Twitter. He seems like a nice enough guy. But to be perfectly honest, um, I have not I've not seen him. That's fair. Um, next on the list is Corey David, registered September 20th. And of uh, course, he's, uh, he's our friend from the Municipal Socialist Alliance. I believe he's, I believe he's still um, acting under them, and probably as their candidate for this by election. I, can I, I, I want to ask your opinion on something. I know that Kiri, um, our friend Kiri, ran in the mayoral by election and he was unsuccessful, and I know technically he was in Ward Twenty One, but. Why do you think they, I guess, if they're both still under the MSA, why do you think they chose to go Corey David here and not, uh, not, not Curie? I think, I think that's simply because Corey lives here. I guess, I guess then, yes, Curie would be considered, uh, what do they call him? A parachute parachute candidate. candidate. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No. Um, 
So yeah, we we sort of know Corey's her, whole deal. We had our our this time in history debate, which wasn't so much of a debate as it was two dudes agreeing on almost everything and and was being wait- pleasant to each oh. other. I was waiting for no. I was waiting for fuck you. No fuck you. <laughs> no, I I'm really happy. Um, I'm I'm happy Corey's running because I I do like him. He is a good dude. I I think he's got strong ideals. I I don't know um how far that can take him, but you know he keeps trying exactly the same way that I wanted to try. I know I've I've made a decision to otherwise, but um you know it's great that he's running. Absolutely. Uh, Malika Goose, September twentieth, okay. same same day. No, um, again, no information, no email, no website. So this is um this is another case of I don't know anything about her, but I am immediately turned off by the fact that she is our current TDSB trustee. She was she was just elected one year ago, and now she's running for city council in the by-election. Is uh the is TDSB trustee not a prestigious enough job for you? Like that's Maybe. that's the impression that I get, followed by the fact that if she successfully wins and run, which I don't think she will, but if she successfully wins, we'll have a TDSB trustee by election. We're just gonna keep having by elections. <laughs> yeah, we we we'll just keep getting to talk about elections in more niche, more niche situations. Um, and, and if you think about it. I mean, this is all John Tory's fault. This is John Tory's fault. He's really a, <laughs> he's really set us up for this musical chairs uh, Toronto situation. We're just constantly shuffling. Uh, let me see here. Thomas Hall, September twenty have... fifth. He registered. No email. No, no social media. No website. Yeah, no idea. Okay. Jessica Hines, 28th of September. She registered again. No email, no phone, no uh, no website, anything? No. Uh, listen, oh. I can I can tell you, the next person who I recognize will be uh, Parthi Kendavalf. Okay, well, well, we're not there yet. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Marzia, I think it's pronounced Hoke. Yeah, I, I would assume so. Or Hokey. Uh, registered September 12th. Again, no email, no website, no social media, nothing. Um, Alamgur Hassan registered September 11th. Now they do have an email. Hell, they have a phone number. There's a website and social He's media. Got a, it's a very, I'll tell you, just clicking it now, a very bland website, but I mean, not, not that... Listen, we're not basing our candidate choices based on how great their websites are. But if we are, this guy does not got it. Okay. Uh, Parthi Candeville registered right. the day it opened. He's got email, phone number, website, uh, social media. We should call him. No, we won't do that on the air. That We, we could. I mean, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Okay, so... Now, Parthi was running last year, and I personally, as a an individual human, I like Parthi. You know, um, I I met him 
because he canvassed at my house. Uh, his his partner was there uh, canvassing with him. And <laughs> actually, they approached my wife outside and I saw it. And I was so excited because I had just registered like two days or something before then. Um, and I was dressed like a slob. I'm like wearing a there's there's no better term for a wife beater. Right. We're still calling them wife beaters. Apparently. So I'm like wearing one of those and I'm just like, again, I'm just excited to be a part of the whole process. So I come out to this lady and and she's, you know, kind of she's given us the pitch of Parthi and and sort of like, so do you think you would support him? And I said, well, no, because I'm running. (laughs) She's like, oh, oh, you know, who are you? I'm like, I'm Philip Mills. She's like, oh. And so she's like, she like summons Parthi over and you know, that's the first chance I get to talk to him. So again, I like Parthi as a person. If if you think one of our, our bigger current crises is the housing crisis, which I think you and I do believe that that is a problem, you can't vote for Parthi. <laughs> okay, he's, he's 100% um, you know, neighborhood character, which to me just translates to you're going to speak for the people who already have the wealth, who already have housing that belongs to them. So it's like they've got a voice more than the people who need so, places to live. You know so what I'm saying? So he's a liberal. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'd say that's fair. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you missed know, your chance. You could have debated him at the bottom of your driveway in front of your neighbors. No, he's too nice a guy. Also, he's <laughs> smarter than me. He would have demolished me. Let's be real. But the one thing I do remember. Not now. And... Not now. <laughs> um, I would take my camera. I wonder if maybe it'll work. Uh, give me one second. Oh, uh... we're going We're going for a. Uh, that's a nice bottle of. Is that uh, rum? That's good. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I'm going the opposite direction. Can I see? Man, this is I'm showing too much. I could stuff. see a I could see a driveway. Oh, but there's the, a, okay. It's an audio podcast. That? We're good. I see I some uh is, is that, that Bowser in front of me? Oh, is that's that... King K rule. But... Oh, it looks like Bowser. Yeah. Do you see that building behind? <laughs> yes. So that condo is it's relatively new and it's four you're stories make, tall. You're, you're making me sick. I was like uh I was like on a Sorry. roller coaster there. That was fun, though. I'm glad I got to do that. Um, It's four stories tall, okay? And he he pointed to that and he said, you know, that could have been taller. And the reason why I point that out is because he was talking about um, the towers they were going to build. I can't remember where, but I I think it was the Warden Station parking lot, actually. And, And he was opposed to that. And his his thing was, you know, essentially they're too tall and we have to respect neighborhood character. And he he points to that building that's across the street and he says, you know, that one, they could have made that taller. And my thought is it's so much easier for him to support this this idea that doesn't have to happen because they've already built the building and at the same time oppose a building that hasn't been built yet. And I, I just, I felt like that was, uh, in my mind, that's very telling. I, I just, I think if you do think that housing is a huge issue, 
I don't think we should elect Parthi. And again, as I keep repeating to myself, great guy personally. I, I just think in the in this particular crisis, I don't think he's going to help us. That was well put. And you know what? In terms of the housing, I mean, it's easy to pick a building and say that's not tall enough or that's too tall. Personally, I will say like, for my years is uh, when I was a little when I was younger, a teenager and I was a, a paper boy. I tell you, you know. What happens if you live on the 20th, 25th, the 40th floor and <laughs> you have an emergency or or the elevator's not working and you have an emergency? I mean, so many things can go wrong. I honestly don't believe buildings should be more than 20 floors. Because it's a safety issue. It's not because I'm against housing. And I think that's, that's, I would say that's more than fair. Plus, have you ever been on the 20th floor of any building and went on a balcony? Oh, or, yeah. My, my building's got 20 floors. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So I used to be a security guard. I can say this now because fuck it. I'm not security anymore. I used to be at Simcoe Place. Okay. And one of the very first things they did during the orientation is they took us on the roof of Simcoe Place. And I was like, I need to get the fuck off this roof. <laughs> and at that at the time, they were still building the RBC Center right next right next to uh Simcoe Place. And they took us there. And they took us the uh I think they call it, I don't know, do they call it the catwalk, which is there's mm, like I think so. There's walkway along the windows even though they're like doing construction in the middle. So we're walking against the fucking windows. I can't remember what floor it was. It was very fucking high. And I was like, I think I'm going to quit. <laughs> one thing about me, I don't know if I told you this, Philip, I am fucking afraid of heights. I don't like, you know, I've I never, feel like I've never been now on for an fun. Airplane. I feel like I'm going to go <laughs> on to the roof of the, uh, hope, uh, anyone who's listening to me, who knows where I work, uh, this is, uh, I'm lying. I'm about to lie. Uh, I think tomorrow I should go into the roof of my building and just take a picture looking down. That'd be fun. Oh, uh, Again, for anyone who is aware of where I work, this is a lie. Parody, uh, parody, I am lying. In yeah, parody in Minecraft, satire, etc. <laughs> um, I've never been on an airplane. And, and my response to that would be like, you've never been on an airplane? My response is, I don't fly. You know, when uh, when all the problems were happening with um, with the airports, you know, following whatever federal legislation and, and covid rules and stuff, all I thought of the people who were bitching about, you know, any of those delays was. And, and this is different from what you're saying, because you're you're talking about a discomfort with flying like on a fear level. And I'll I'll be honest with you, I feel the same way. I I flew like 10 years ago and I am not good on a plane. I'm not very comfortable with it. So I, I understand where you're coming from. But my bigger thing, and again, this is if people are following along my ideology, probably like a roll their eyes moment. It's like, okay, very stereotypical Philip. Um, <laughs> where I, I think you can afford to fly so often that these airport disruptions are actually a big part of your life. You have a lot of money in which I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, getting back to this list. Uh, that was, a, that was <laughs> right. That was a nice sidebar. No, I like it. Uh, I apologize. A quick, if... a quick sidebar before we continue. Oh, please, I go. do want to make a note. Um, 
uh, only because I thought it was funny. Uh, my wife did not enjoy uh, me continuously saying that I would drop trow. <laughs> uh, I just want to make that known on the podcast. <laughs> I will not be dropping trow. No, it's metaphorically showing your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, hey, I know. I apologize if I butcher this next name. But I'm reading M.D. Abdullah Al Mamun. Mamun? I don't know. I also do not know this man. It's he also doesn't eight. have, like, he registered right away. So, you know, of course, in my mind, that's like, uh, okay, you're going for it. But, like, put something on your, no, your page. Yeah, no website, no email, nothing. No social media, nothing. Okay, so we go to the next one, registering on the day it opened, Suman Roy. All right, so Suman Roy is actually, I would say, I would say he's probably the celebrity candidate of of why the entire so? roster. Um, did you say quite so or why no, so? Why so? Oh, why so? Um, so during the pandemic, he he started the initiative Feed Scarborough. Um, you know, essentially a, a charity that functions as you imagine it would um but he also does uh i know we've taken our kids to the the feed scarborough like october kind of halloweeny events like they do events like that um so they're very he's very community based um you know obviously and that's that's great that's amazing in fact feed scarborough is right across the street from my house so i've i've always uh wanted to I feel like I've wanted to have a conversation with Suman Roy because I, I feel like he would be very cool. Um, he recently, this isn't, I, I had a weird thing, okay? Where very recently they shut down the independent grocer uh, Sun Sun Valley. That's at Birchmount and Danforth Road. It's, it's an, the thing that most people rallied around it for was the fact that it was an independent grocery store. And my my opposition to everyone's rallying around it was, for as long as I've lived here, that grocery store has been so expensive, more expensive than the others. And I just, I never saw that as, it's like, you can't, people talking about affordability as a problem aren't, probably aren't that excited to spend extra at an independent grocery store just because it's not a corporate grocery store. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um. So I, I had the weird a weird, almost combative stance against uh, Suman's defense of the Sun Valley, which I'm sure anyone looking at that probably thought was an extremely silly, like, why is this idiot yelling about the closing of an independent grocery store? Like, we're supposed to feel bad about it. And this idiot's being like, it was never good. It doesn't matter. It's so expensive. <laughs> but, uh, but I, oh. oh, and the other thing was, I also knew there was another grocery store in the area um, one of those um, Asian supermarkets. And I would see Suman constantly saying, oh, you know, as soon as the Sun Valley closes down, there won't be a grocery chain in the area for like a 40 minute bus ride away. And I was thinking, well, you're full of shit because there's that Asian supermarket. But then I found out later that apparently that supermarket is also closing down. So I was like, okay, all right. Suman was fighting the correct fight. And I was the dumb bastard just getting in the way, being like, why are you fighting for this? This isn't a special grocery store. You know, 
I'm I'm guilty of shopping at the big chains. I can't help it. You know, they're 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 more convenient because they're there's a new one popping up everywhere. Um, and I live ridiculously close to uh, Walmart uh, shoppers and opening. If it hasn't opened already, it's opening within a month. Costco. Um, can't help it. Can't escape it. So you just kind of play along, I guess. It's one of those like shitty realities where they they tell you that the the moral good thing to do is to support independent stores and smaller like mom pop stores. But the problem is the corporate stores can sell products cheaper because they have the money to to basically ruin it for these smaller stores and poorer people can't make the moral choice because they have so little money. I will say this, and I'm I'm going to give them a free shout out on this show because Ooh. I like them so much. Um, <clears throat> we don't we don't pay retail for our chicken. We get it from a wholesaler. Uh, so I want to recognize Pacific Meats right now. Um, we've never recognized the company. I don't think before on the show. Um, well, it's time for us to get some advertiser revenue. So it's Pacific Meats. Pacific Meats. Um, <laughs> I was there. We go there maybe once every three months because we get enough chicken to last. Uh, and I will say that they said one thing to me uh, this past weekend when I was there that I didn't like. They told me that there is a potential chicken shortage coming. And I was worried because I don't know about your household, but I'll tell you here. Chicken has been number one since it became a household. Chicken reigns supreme. Chicken always reigns supreme. The only thing that even comes close and it's not even close is, is ground beef. We're very simple people. And I, I think I've, I, maybe I've told you this off air, but I'll, I'll state it happily on the air. I could eat chicken every day for the rest of my life and never, ever get bored of it. <laughs> and a lot, I, of, listen, a lot of people can't do that. I listen, I, I laugh as if I'm like laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. I am one of those people who it's like there's like four four meals I pretty much eat on rotation. And I'm very happy with with. You know, like it's I don't know. It's it's people want to be more complicated. It's just like I know what foods I like. Absolutely. And, you know, I, that's the thing, too, because eh? I have, there's other people here. They're like, oh, chicken again. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, chicken again. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I know um, where I'm getting my energy from. So I want to recognize Pacific Meats. You guys have been great to me for the last I don't know. It's been 10 years. Um, thank you guys. Uh, and I, and I hope that you continue to be successful. Um, for those people who don't know, they usually only service businesses, but you can get your chicken there. Uh, they're at 12 Falconer drive in Mississauga. They're great people. Um, they're closed on Sundays, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, correctly. They're, 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 they're resting on the Lord's day. Matthew. Correct. Correct. <laughs> uh, but we're talking about getting again. I just want to say real quick. I got 25 kilos of chicken for $250. And it's not those massive pieces where I have to spend time cutting them. They're regular size pieces. 25 kilos. 
$250. The dark meat, and it's boneless, skinless. I don't know if I said that. Matthew, listen, I 100% trust that what you're saying is a lot of meat and a good deal. I have no concept of, you know, I, I can't parse that. 25 kilos, I have no idea how much chicken that is. Heavy as fuck. <laughs> and for the dark meat they they cut it off the bone so it's the thigh and the leg all together uh so it's boneless skinless dark meat and you can get 25 kilos of that for 200 bucks and then oh, yeah. we, and then we got the large chicken wings with the extra nubby thing you have to cut off <laughs> they're called party wings apparently aren't they like niblets or something no no they're party wings Oh, for real? Oh, yeah. I thought the, I thought the thing that was you have like to a... cut off. I don't know what it's called, but <laughs> but it, the huge thing it, it's it's huge. And so we got twenty three kilos of that. I think it was a 100- poultry experts uh, shout out. Let us know. Yes, <laughs> but but going back to what they said, like I'm worried about a potential chicken shortage that Ontario is facing. I know when the pandemic started, we had we had a toilet paper shortage, we had hand sanitizer shortage. But we never had a listen, meat. We never had a meat listen, shortage. You got twenty five kilos of chicken. I think you're gonna ride this out just fine. <laughs> I just hope it's it's not serious. I hope they're. I hope they're good people, but I hope that they're <laughs> wrong on this particular uh, issue. I hope there's no chicken shortage. And um, if there's anything that Justin Trudeau can do, now is the time to act. If you see, if you're in the face, if you're staring in the face of a potential shortage, you you're you're the leader. Whether I like you or not is not the point. You're the leader of this country, and you got to do something about it if it is in fact true. But going Justin on, Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, if you hear our plea about chickens on our show, all I say is, holy shit, you're listening to our show. You should right? come talk to us on the podcast. Matthew would love that. I, I, would be, <laughs> I would be nice. Listen, we have opinions about everyone in politics. Some people we like, some people we don't. But that doesn't mean if they don't come on the show, we're not going to be respectful. You know, I'll tell you, Matthew, as, as a weird aside, did I, I don't know if I did. I bring this up last week where I thought about the hypothetical situation where if I were standing up next to Pierre Polyev, you know, in a situation where. You know, people meet up and it's like polite and people shake hands out of politeness. And there's a part of me that feels like, would I shake Pierre Polyev's hand out of politeness? Or would I just be like, oh, I really don't like you. Would I keep my hand down? Would I be that robotic asshole? I don't know. It's a very interesting question. <laughs> I think you would be nice. That's fair. That's a that's a fair perspective to have. I think you would be nice. Unless he did something really, really, and then maybe you might hold him to account. Like, I don't think I say that about Pierre Polyev. I don't think that you would extend your hand for Doug Ford. It depends on how recently since he had swallowed a bee. That is true. I forgot about that. <laughs> Listen, I've got I've got my exceptions for Doug Ford. I have no exceptions for Kathleen Wynne. <laughs> okay, getting back to the list. Uh, next on the list is actually Kevin Rupensing. I registered the day it opened. He's got email, phone number, website, socials. I'm sure you have a lot to say about Kevin Rupensing. Rupensing. Yeah. Sorry, Rupin I might. Sing. Be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm call. I'm saying Rupensing, but no, it's Rupensing. The, the thing is, I I feel like I do have a lot I can I can say about Kevin. In fact, 
I feel like it'd be very interesting. I really should have invited my brother to to come on and talk a bit about him because he's he's got some more straight thoughts. But I do. I I'm I'm personally my my choice is for Kevin to be the city councilor. I I feel like him and I are aligned on a lot of our stances and and where we aren't aligned i do feel like i feel like he is willing um i don't know i'm being i'm being very soft and easy on kevin <laughs> uh okay let's move on uh i apologize again if i butcher this name sudip shom Registered okay, the day after he's got email and he's got phone number. I'm oh you know, if we had planned this earlier, I think it would have been so fun for us to have called every number that had a phone number attached. We can do that uh, next week. Oh, oh, that's actually a great idea. So you've been warned. Candidates yeah. candidates of uh uh Scarborough Southwest, you may receive a phone call next week. Yeah, we got there's five numbers that that might be fun. We'll see if we anyone got, answers us. We just got to figure out a way to patch it through to the show. OK, the only thing. Yeah, we'd have to figure that out. And I would have to not call Kevin because he has my phone number. So he would see who was calling him. Oh, I'll call them all. I don't mind. Oh, OK. All right. Yeah. OK, that works. Um, Sorry, you, you had a thought about Sudip. Oh, so here's what I'm going to say is I actually I don't know anyone else left on the list. But I want to give a shout out to Anna only because I like the last name. I assume it's something like Sidiropoulos. Sidiropoulos? Yeah. I don't know. It looks cool to me. Sidiropoulos, yeah. I realized she didn't choose her maiden name. She was... Oh, Anna. Yeah, I was like, why am I saying she? Oh, yeah, I assume assume that isn't she. (laughs) And then the last uh, candidate, Trevor Sutton. Now, let's, let's... Let's close with this. I'll say this. With apologies to Kevin and, and Parthi and Suman and anyone else that we consider high profile, not really. We're missing that one candidate, you know, that one. Do you expect to see that one marquee name? Like, for example, for example, Mitzi Hunter. If Mitzi Hunter joins this race, Mitzi Hunter's winning. No? Here's here's my question. Here's my question for you, Matthew. Um, and and I, I say this because I, I did expect him to to register. Do you think that person would be Andrew Fury? And do you think that he might have like a situation where if he signed up to run for Scarborough Southwest, where he would get it relatively easily? I didn't realize that he was in Scarborough Southwest. I don't think he is, but for whatever reason, uh for weeks. For weeks, I'd been hearing like some rumors about him pondering a run at the at Scarborough Southwest City Council, um, but that just never seemed to materialize. So I'm not even sure really where the rumors came from. Uh, again, I I personally wouldn't want Andrew Fury to win, but that I'm just I'm wondering if that falls under your pseudo uh, celebrity kind of. Well, yeah, uh, that's candidate. exactly what I'm talking about. But mm-hmm. and you could also do worse because you're forgetting one other name that you don't like more than Anthony Fury, which we had on our show. And how you doing, Anthony? 
Um, <laughs> Mark Saunders. Hey, he shook our hand. He remembered who we were. Oh, Mark, Mark Saunders. Mark Saunders. He does is... live in Don Valley somewhere, but he could parachute into Scarborough Southwest. No, he's be... he. Listen, he's. I, in my opinion, I think Mark Saunders sees himself as too big to run for a council seat. I think it was either mayor or bust. That's that's, well that's my impression of him because he he did run as well, I believe, for the um I think the Ontario provincial conservatives. I think and he was he running. Lost, and he lost. Oh yeah, he lost. He lost. Yeah, yeah. Did he but, lose um, to? Um, I'm sorry to cut you off. Did he lose to Kathleen Wynn? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the writing. That's pretty fucking bad. That <laughs> he lost to the one of the worst premiers of all time. He he lost to uh, the person who basically made their party lose party status. That's how much John Valley West does not want Mark Saunders. Yeah, or and wherever, whichever maybe we John can Valley. Maybe that out to the the rest of Toronto. Uh, we've decided very loudly that we do not want. There's someone at the door. Um, Maybe it's Mark Saunders. Anyway, um, so election day is not till November 30th. Uh, did you hear? Because I couldn't find any dates. Are there any debates coming up? I've not seen anything yet. So I will say as we move forward, as we get closer to a uh, an election, I hope we see kind of more information pop up so that we can we can talk about it. Absolutely. I love to. I would love to see you go to a, one of these debates and register oh, to ask yeah. a question. And then you stand up. And you, I'm Philip from the municipals. Oh, that'd be fun. And then you ask your question. <laughs> former former candidate slash municipals. And then you ask your question. And I would love I would love to see that. Um in terms of any other celebrity candidates, I mean, I can't really think of any other. Uh, Reginald Tall, maybe. Um, I'm not sure what part of the city Nia Singh lives in. Um, or, for that matter, um, what's his name? Uh, I feel really bad because I can't remember his name, but he was a d- good dude. Uh, anyway, so, I mean, that's pretty much it. We're done here. Uh, this is a, a shorter version, you know. Philip and I recorded on uh, on our off day to because the we Lord's have Day of Rest scheduling conflicts, but <laughs> I do have with me the list. I hope you can still hear me. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. No, we've been good technical this whole this whole episode. We we've nailed it. Awesome. So I have uh, of places where people listen to us. So now we can give that proper shout out. Low. Just bear with me. Uh, it does not want us to do that. So let me just, uh, we'll do it on the phone because I, I have access on the phone as well. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Here we go. Okay. So thank you to everybody that listens to us. We have listeners from the Philippines, Mexico, Sri Lanka, Turkey, Italy, United Kingdom, Colombia, Venezuela, Honduras, France, Belgium, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, El Salvador, uh, the United States, and Canada. And then in the States, I have the entire list in front of me. Uh, Wisconsin, Rhode Island, Michigan, Massachusetts, Kansas, Indiana, Idaho, Oregon, Mississippi, Nevada, Louisiana, Iowa, 
South Carolina, Maryland, Georgia, Utah, Pennsylvania, Missouri, Florida, Texas, Arizona, Washington, New York, Illinois, California, North Carolina, uh, Tennessee, Minnesota, Alabama, Virginia, and Ohio. And in Canada, you guys are our homegrown fans. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, like I said before, Newfoundland, Quebec, New Brunswick, Alberta, and Ontario. You guys, we thank you guys so much for listening to us, for tuning in. Even though we're a Toronto podcast, I'm. Mean, it blows me away that we have people that listen to us all over the world. So thank you. Um, seriously, from from Phil and, and from, from myself, thank you so much. Um, and we really appreciate uh, you guys listening and, and tuning in to uh, hear what we have to say. But, uh, you know, that's going to do it for us today. So, again, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with a fresh new episode. I'm going to send us off in. Uh... No, sorry. I thought something was happening. I'm going to I'm going to check my front door to see if I would laugh if that was actually someone canvassing. Um, and if if it was someone canvassing, I will text you immediately. Um, but, you know, I'm uh, always great to chat, Matthew. Uh, I think that's it for this week. Uh, next week, uh, we'll be back to tell you guys all about the municipals. What's happening there? What's happening with the presidential pals? What's happening with the federal pals? It's uh, the Canada pals. I mean, we're, we're too many pals. We got to start trademarking all these names. That's so true. We got to get some websites <laughs> going. All right. Uh, again, thank you guys. And thank you, Phil. You're the most amazing co-host. He, he has to gas me up because he, he knows I don't believe him. <laughs> this is the municipal have you been paying attention to like city stuff don't vote can't bitch sorry to uh to point that finger at you my answer was that would be yes and no my tummy hurts and i'm mad at the government you're saying council wouldn't approve it and two you're robbing them of their their voice it's it's he's already he's already failed to uphold it